John chapter 14. We'll be reading the first 14 verses of John chapter 14 as we consider uh, that which is taught us in uh, Westminster Confession chapter 8 about Christ as the mediator. We touched upon this last Lord's Day evening, but uh, there is so much content in that particular chapter uh, and there are so many different ways in which we uh, biblically come to understand the ways in which Jesus functions as the mediator. Uh, a mere mention of it last Sunday evening uh, did not seem to be sufficient in that regard. John chapter 14, probably not the chapter that uh, would, most would use to talk about uh, the work of Christ as the mediator but uh, it certainly shows itself forth here. John 14, beginning to read at verse 1. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. As far the reading of God's word. Let's again pray and ask for God's blessing on it and its proclamation tonight. Our dear Heavenly Father, we listen to all of the names in which you, dear Jesus, are referred to, and some of those names, one of those names may hit a little closer to our spirits than others, mean more. But Lord, no matter what word is used to describe you, they all come down to one meaning, and that is Savior, our Savior, who came to this earth as a babe, which we will are celebrating in this season, to die so that we may have the chance of eternal salvation. In that, dear Jesus, 
We thank you. Pray that you will bless Pastor Bob, give him clarity of mind and speech, so that he can make these words in John ring even truer in our hearts and mind. We ask these things not because we're worthy, but we ask them in Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen. Amen. So three ways. I mean, we probably could come up with more, but three ways um, that we want to think about Christ as mediator. How does he function as that mediator? Last week, it was functioning as that mediator primarily in the understanding of covenant, that he came as that covenant head, that covenant representative on our behalf. But Jesus is also, if we think about this, he is the mediator in terms of creation as well. And that's our first point, that he is the mediator in terms of creation. Now, how is that so? Well, if we go back in the Gospel of John to chapter 1, we read those very familiar words again. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Now, we know later on that John says in verse 14, the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. So this word that John is speaking of here in verses 1 and 2 is Jesus. That's one of the names that, that Jesus has. He is the Word. But now listen to the next verse, verse 3. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that has been made. So if we think about the work of creation, we have the Father who is certainly involved in its planning, in its formation. But the Word is the means by which that is accomplished. So from the Father to the actual act, we have the Word. That's why it's so important that we maintain that God said, let there be light. And God said, let the earth bring forth. And God said, let us make man in our image. That God said is not to be taken in some philosophical way. It's a literal thing. Why? Because the Word is a literal being. It's Christ. So he becomes the mediator in terms of creation. We could turn to Colossians chapter 1, 13 through 16, where Paul reiterates all of this. And here we come with Christ again. And without him has nothing been made that has been made. Creation rests upon the meteor, mediator work of Jesus Christ. Or we hear Paul saying that again in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 6. He is the means by which creation comes into existence. All that we see, all that exists, exists because of Christ. And his work as the mediator. And so if we come up with any other explanation, 
We're setting Christ aside. The acceptance of any other means of creation other than through the Word, Jesus Christ, is a lie. That that, that understanding okay, that we have here in John, in Colossians, in Corinthians, is, is exclusionary. It, it excludes all other means, all other possibilities. No matter what mankind comes up with, no matter what mankind invents, no matter how perhaps that, that, that seems so plausible in our minds, Christ is the mediator of creation. This is the truth. He came into this world as the mediator. He has been functioning as the mediator. This is his role. This is his purpose to be that mediator from creation through the end of time. Secondly, And and this gets more to to what the confession is dealing with and perhaps that which we more traditionally think about. He is the mediator in terms of salvation. How does does Peter describe it in Acts chapter 4? There is no other name by which men can be saved other than through Jesus Christ. This is what Paul means when he's speaking uh, to Timothy and says there is but one mediator between God and man, the man, Jesus Christ. It's what Hebrews is after, okay, in Hebrews chapter 9, in seeking to help us to understand the role of Christ in the new covenant, that he is the mediator of that new covenant. In other words, salvation hinges upon Jesus Christ work as the mediator. Look with me back at John chapter 14, verse 6. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one, no one. Now understand who's telling us this. This is the one who is the truth. This is the one who is the king. This is the one who upon his shoulders bears the sign of all authority, all power. It is his declaration and he is saying no one comes to the Father but through me. In other words, Jesus Christ is not just one of many mediators. Jesus is laying claim to the fact that he is the only mediator in terms of our salvation. That's what the text says. This eliminates, just like like in creation... Okay? The fact that it is through the word, through Christ, that creation comes into existence, eliminating all other theories, ideas, inventions of men. Jesus is eliminating all other mediators. There are no other messiahs. 
He isn't just the Messiah to the Jews. Or he isn't just the Messiah for you and I. And then other people, they get to find other Messiahs. They get to find other ways. That, that, that there's all sorts of different ways that, that one may achieve the finality of reaching the Father. Jesus said, no. No one comes to the Father but through me. No one has eternal life except through me. He has the right to declare this as the Son of God. He has the right to declare this as God. That's the point he's making when he's talking about, you know, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And Philip's like, what? Okay? And Jesus is like, you don't get it yet? We are one. We're one. Next Sunday morning, we, we have the phrase from, from Isaiah. He is the wonderful counselor, the mighty God. Yeah, that's who he is. Mighty God. That's the importance of Emmanuel, God with us. He is saying, I know the way to the Father, and it's me. Hence, he'll say in, in, in Matthew, you know, if you hear somebody say, oh, the Messiah's out there, or the Messiah's there, don't go. Don't go. It's a lie. There are no other Messiahs. There are no other saviors. Jesus is excluding all others and saying, I and I alone am the only way of salvation. But it's not only no other Messiahs, it also means there are no other ways. And what do I mean by that? Well, sometimes people don't look for salvation in others, because they know other people are always going to disappoint them, right? But sometimes they look to themselves. Right? This, is, this is the Pharisee in the, in the parable of the Pharisee and the publican, right? He, he's trying to justify himself. He's trying to come to the Father. How? Through Jesus? No. Through a mediator? No. He, his mediator is not another person. His mediator is his own actions. I am my own means. I am my own justification. I myself, by the acts I do, will make my way to the Father. And Jesus is saying, no, I am the way. I am the way. It's me. It's, it's my person. Yes, I am the Messiah. And I only can save you from your sin. But I am also the way. You, you, you can't earn it. You can't get there on your own. You can't achieve it by your actions or by your thoughts or by what somebody else comes up with. Some of you are far too young to remember, okay? But you know that expression we use sometimes, drinking the Kool-Aid, right? Okay? And it means kind of going along with some foolish idea. Okay? Those of you my age and older, we understand what that's all about. There was a guy by the name of James Jones. Okay? And he was saying, you will reach salvation, although he called it by other terms. You will reach 
the pinnacle of eternity if you drink this Kool-Aid. Okay? Now, what was in the Kool-Aid was poison. But this is the means by which you will achieve it. Drink this poison, drink the poison that's in the Kool-Aid, drink it up, and you shall achieve it. What did people do that were followers of his? Go, well, that sounds crazy. That sounds dumb. Now they go along with it. Oh, that's the way we get salvation? Drink the Kool-Aid. They find them all dead. So don't think, oh, Pastor Bob, come on, people don't really do that. People do it to their death. But not just their physical death, to their spiritual death. They place their hope and trust not in Jesus Christ, but in their own actions. All you have to do is drink the Kool-Aid and you'll be saved. All you have to do is to drink this poison. Kill yourself. And you'll make it into glory. There is no other way than through Jesus Christ. You can't save yourself from COVID. You can't save yourself from death. You can't save yourself from eternal damnation. You can't save yourself from anything. Only the mediator, Jesus Christ, can save. That's it. Short, simple, sweet, and yet, oh, how we as mankind and oh, how we as human beings fight against this. And oh, how much we often in the church want to be like that Pharisee. Standing there in the temple, comparing ourselves to others and saying, well, certainly I must be saved because I don't do all the rotten things that person down there on Skid Row does. I must be a relatively good person, so I must have salvation based upon my standard of living, based upon my nice clothes, based upon the fact that I take showers every day, based upon the fact that I got an education, based upon the fact that I'm not an alcoholic or a drug addict. I must be saved because of that. And we, we think that these become the means of our salvation. We need to be confronted in the church just as much with the words of Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. It is only through the relationship of faith in the one mediator, Jesus Christ, that there is salvation. Don't be fooled in your own hearts. But don't be fooled into thinking the message that we have is not important. Those people out there, those people who are without Christ, are not going to find salvation anywhere else but in Jesus Christ. Uncle Freddie isn't going to make it to heaven because he was an ex expert bass fisherman. And God's going to go, wow, you could really catch bass. I'm going to let you into heaven. That isn't going to happen, folks. Oh man, 
My grandpa was so well-read, he read all sorts of books. It's not going to make him into heaven, folks. Your friend who's so computer literate, he can do anything. It don't matter. He's not going to get into heaven because he's computer literate. Only Jesus Christ. And it's upon us, upon you and I, bear the responsibility to tell them, to teach them the only way of salvation is Jesus Christ. Your only hope. It's Jesus Christ. Why? Because your pastor told you? No. Because Jesus Christ himself said it. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. That's why we don't want to send out missionaries who are just a bunch of do-gooders. That's why we don't want to support mission groups that are just do-gooders. They're just trying to make life better for people. They're just trying to make living conditions better for folks on the ground from day to day. We want to support those who bring the message of Jesus Christ. They may bring it with a cup of cold water. They may bring it in a Bible study to the prison. They may bring it in a counseling session to a young woman considering an abortion. But we want that gospel message because that's pivotal. Yes, we want that young woman to spare her child from an abortion, but it isn't going to save her because she made that decision. The only thing that can save her is Jesus Christ because he is the one mediator who is appointed to save. Thirdly, he is the mediator in prayer. Let me take you through, starting in John chapter 14, how the, often this comes up. In my name. In my name. Let's go to the end of the passage I read. John 14, verse 13. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Okay, if you have your scriptures, okay, go to John chapter 15, verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Notice the centrality of Jesus Christ in that. John 15, verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. John chapter 16, verse 24. Up until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. What's the point? Jesus is saying this. When you pray, it is imperative that you pray in my name. That means we need to acknowledge his role as the mediator. We need to acknowledge his will. We need to be, as we pray, we, we need to be cognizant of the fact that we are able to offer this prayer only because of Jesus Christ. 
and that the prayer needs to be offered in Jesus' name. Now, how many names of Jesus were there? Right? Okay. I don't know what I did with my poster. Oh, there it is. Okay. How many names of Jesus are there? Okay. In my name. So can I pray in the name of the one who is the rock? Yes. Can I name, pray in the name of the one who is king of kings and lord of lords? Yes. Can I pray in the name of the one who is the righteous branch? Yes. Because they are all Jesus in my name. Okay? That's why God gives to us those names. Because each one bears out a certain character of the mediator, work of the mediator, function of the mediator. But the centrality is it needs to be in Jesus' name. We cannot pray generically. God. Hey, God, if, you, if you'd like to pay attention to me a minute, I'd like to talk to you, and, and I'd like to share some things with you. Thanks, God, for listening. That is not a prayer that God hears. Say, well, that's pretty bold, Pastor. Yeah, it is. How can I be so bold? Because that's what Jesus told us. Jesus told us that we need to pray in his name. There is no other mediator by which we are to go. Now, those of you in adult Sunday school aren't going to, are knowing where we're going to go with this now, right? Okay, because we've been dealing with, with the Roman Catholic Church and the Orthodox churches, right? Both of which pray to saints. Why? Did Jesus say, you know, whatever you pray in the name of some saint, that is what it is? No, it's in my name. And I think sometimes we think this, they, they, oh, come on, they don't really do that, do they? Come on, you, you pastors, you just make this up. You, you just want to beat down people of other faiths. Well, let me read you some, okay? Let me, let me read you some of the official prayers that are to be given to various saints. Here's the prayer to St. Christopher. Dear St. Christopher, protect me today in all my travels along the road's way. Give your warning sign if danger is near so that I may stop while the path is clear. Be my, at my window and direct me through when the vision blurs from out of the blue. Carry me safely to my destined place like you carried Christ in your close embrace. Amen. That's a literal prayer that is offered to a saint. Saint Christopher, you direct my path. Where's Jesus? Don't need him. And yet, what did the word say? You pray in my name. Acknowledge me as the mediator. How about this prayer to Saint Peter? Oh, glorious Saint Peter, because of your vibrant and gener generous faith, Sincere humility and flaming love, our Lord honored you with singular privileges and especially leadership of the whole church. Obtain for us the grace of a living faith, 
a sincere loyalty to the church, acceptance of all her teachings, and obedience to all her precepts. Let us thus enjoy an undisturbed peace on earth and everlasting happiness in heaven. Who's going to grant that? Peter. Obtain for us grace. Peter, you do that. How about this prayer to St. Jude? O most holy apostle St. Jude, faithful servant and friend of Jesus, the church honors and invokes you universally as the patron of hopeless cases and of things almost despaired of. Pray for me, who am so miserable. Make use, I implore you, of that particular privilege given to you to bring visible and speedy help where help was almost despaired of. Come to my assistant in this great need that I may receive the consolation and succor of heaven in all my necessities, tribulations, and sufferings. Particularly, here, make your request that I may praise God with you and all the elect throughout eternity. I promise you, O blessed Jude, to be ever mindful of this great favor, to always honor you as my special and powerful patron, and to gratefully encourage devotion to you. Amen. And whatever you pray in my name. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And whatever you pray in my name. Because you see, there's only one mediator between God and men. The man, Jesus Christ. We have a church down the road, okay, on uh, Richmond Street, okay, St. Anthony of Padua. You know the prayer to St. Anthony? Okay. This, is, this is the prayer that is offered to him. O holy Saint Anthony, Anthony, the gentlest and kindness of saints, your burning love of God, your exalted virtue, and your great charity towards your fellow creatures made you worthy when on earth to possess miraculous powers such as were given to no other saint. Miracle waited on your word, and that word you were ever ready to speak at the request of those in trouble. The anxious prayer of bitter trial was never addressed to you in vain. To the sick you gave back health. You restored what was lost. The sorrows stricken were the objects of your tender compassion. Even the dead you raised to life. When the wounded heart cried to you from the depths of its bitter anguish. When on earth nothing was impossible with you except not to have compassion on those in distress and sorrow. Encouraged by this thought and convinced of the efficiency of your holy intercession, we kneel before your holy image and full of confidence, we implore you to obtain for us, here, mention your request, the answer to our prayer may require a miracle. Even so, are you not the saint of miracles who, when on earth, had but to speak the mightiest wonders were wrought. O gentle and loving Saint Anthony, you whose heart was ever full of human sympathy, whispers our prayer into the ears of the infant Jesus who loved to linger in your arms. One word from you and our prayer will be granted. O speak but that word and the gratitude of our heart will be yours forever. Amen. Our Father, hail Mary and glory be.
And when you pray, whatever you ask in my name, that will be given to you. Prayers to saints as mediators, not according to Jesus, not according to the truth of God's word. No saints, no Mary, no priests or pastors. A priest praying for you is, is not of a higher order than any other believer. A pastor praying for you is of no difference than any other believer. Oh, pastor, pray for me. I know Dr. Tim has mentioned this in a couple of sermons as well. And of course I'll pray for you. But it's no different than the body of Christ praying for you. I, I'm not some mediator. The priest is not some mediator that, that you need in order for your prayer to be heard by God. You're not worthy enough? Well, guess what? Neither am I. That's why there is but one mediator. And we pray in his name. We pray in his name. What is his name? Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Wonderful Shepherd of our souls. Let us not think that somehow we must magically use those five letters in sequence, J-E-S-U-S, -S, and then our prayers will be heard. Now it's an understanding of who this mediator is. This is not some magical incantation that we use. This is understanding that when we pray, there is but one mediator. And I pray in his name and in his name alone. I don't need the pastor to be offering some elevated prayer as if his prayer is worth more than any other saint. That's why when we have congregational prayer, it's the congregation. We are praying together. I am the mouthpiece, yes, but it's not my prayer. It's our prayer. We're praying together. But the mediator is also not me. Self. I cannot, and I am not worthy to come into the presence of a holy God on my own. Yet we sing, do we not? Bold I approach the eternal throne. Where does that boldness come from? Because I come in the name of the one mediator. Not in my name, not in myself, not in some self-righteousness, not in some way of praise, praying that says, Lord, I deserve that you treat me better. Lord, I deserve that I do not have cancer. Lord, I deserve that my surgery goes well. And yet how often can we not allow that somehow to creep in? That somehow by that which we are or who we are or who our family is, that somehow or another because of the money we've given, God owes it to us. And so it's like coming before the Father. 
and saying, Father, I'm praying. I'm, I'm praying that you would bless my upcoming surgery in my name, in my own name, in my own glorious, self-righteous name, I come to you. And you'd say, uh, Bob, I don't think you should do that. No. And we would probably never say those words, but the question is, do we think the thought? And what Jesus is calling us to in these passages and reminding us of is that I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Not only in terms of creation, not only in terms of your salvation, but in terms of your coming before the Father. Only through me. It's the only means. Only means. But when we pray in the name of Jesus, think of what's happening. Think of what is taking place. This goes to God. How amazing is that? We, these creatures inhabiting this little planet, we, these between three and six feet, seven feet tall creatures, are heard by God when we come in the name of Jesus Christ. He is the one mediator between God and men. And he's able to do so because not only is he son of God, but he is also the son of man, fully acquainted with all our struggles. Let's come to him. Father, as we pray at the close of this message tonight, how humbled we are by the gift of Jesus Christ. How humbled we are by our lack of really thinking about that which we pray. We become so routine. We become so rote. We become so unthinking. Tonight, Father, as we consider your word, help us to, to leave this place changed as a praying people. As a praying people, thinking about the wonder and awe of the one who is our mediator. Not the false ones, not the pretend ones, not the fake ones, not the ones that it makes no difference, but the one who hears the one who is our Savior, the one who is our friend. May our prayer be ever changed. In the name of our friend, our Savior, our Lord, our mediator, Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people say, Amen. Five hundred.